Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berenday, and I am so excited to have with me again, Miss Ava Clay. If you have not had a chance to listen to the first interview that she and I did together, um, about embodying ecstasy, I highly recommend that you go and check that one out. Ava Clay is probably one of the most embodied goddesses that I have ever uh, met and had the pleasure to interact with. Um, She is a wealth of information. She is not only exquisitely owning herself and her sex and her gloriousness, but she's also fiercely intelligent and just a, a force to be reckoned with. So I'm so excited to have you back on the show, Miss Ava Clay. Mm, thank you. What a wonderful thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> and today we're going to be discussing dating tips for women over 40, which I am really excited about because this is not my my forte. I have been married for almost 10 years. And so to be able to bring someone on who has a lot of wisdom in this arena is just really exciting for me. Mm, wonderful. Yeah. I'm so excited about this topic. Yes. And so I'm sure for our, our listeners too, um, I do, I mean, I know we all have many superpowers and I'm sure that the answer to this question is always a little bit different. So I am going to ask you again, if you want to just divulge your superpowers for our audience. Mm, yes. Um, well. Do you want the the um, the one on the books or the one off the books? Oh, <laughs> like off. The, the right the off the books always. <laughs> Do you want the rated G or the rated PG thirteen? Um, come now. <laughs> I, um, you know, the academic in me. Um, I come from you know years and years of academia and at being a professor in neuroscience and blah 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 blah. Um, the academic in me wants to say I really have a superpower in marrying the profound with the playful, the mm-hmm. intellect with the embodied, the right brain with the left brain. Um, but if you distill all of that down, the ma- most common feedback I get from women is that I give good permission. Mm-hmm. I really believe that is my superpower. <laughs> my superpower mm-hmm. is just to give women all of their right and their sovereignty and their delight in being exactly who and what they are when and where and how they like it. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful too. It's like, it seems like such a small thing and really it's not even something that you can really give to somebody, but we have this funny thing in our culture where like we need someone else to say it's okay in order for it to be like, okay, it's okay. I can do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, what, what I, have come to understand is that it's connected to our belonging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So giving permission is no small thing at all. It's a very big thing in that you're letting someone know that they can be exactly who they are and do whatever they want and they will still be loved. Yeah. It's core. Yeah, totally core. Thank you for doing that and being that for so many people. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into this topic because I know you have been big on exploring dating for women over 40. 
Um, so go. What are your What are your top? <laughs> go before we have, we have like yes. five minutes before we go to break. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So um, so right off the bat, so I'm just gonna out a little mini conversation that Tatiana and I had before we started recording. Um, and she um brought to life a term that I want to weave in through this conversation, which is the erotic midlife. And when we talk about dating over 40, I want to actually change out that term with the erotic midlife. Because, yeah, and thank you for that. I will credit you eternally for coining that term. (laughs) It was like just a divine synergy that happened. I swear that's going to be the title of my book. It's the title I've been looking for. Because what I'm finding is that you know, as, as I progress in my age, I'm 48 and I am technically single, although I am in partnership, I'm not married, um, is that um, more and more women are finding themselves single after 40 because they've gone through their divorce, they've had a couple of kids, maybe they've chosen not to marry or not to partner or not to become a mother. And the landscape is entirely different in this phase of life than it was when they were 30 or 20, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And there's a very specific subset of factors that come along um, in relating at this time of life. And it may or may not look like dating. So that's why I want to call it the erotic midlife, because I can't tell you how many women come to me who are 50 or 55 and they say, I don't want to date. I don't want another husband. I don't want a partner. I want to have multiple lovers. Mm-hmm. I spent my entire life being monogamous to one man, and now I'm miserable. Mm-hmm. And um, teach me how to be a slut. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so dating has its own connotation. It, it to me, it means courtship. That you're you're looking for that engagement to lead to a specific goal, mm-hmm. where the erotic opens up the field of possibility. It invites a woman to taste and savor and relish and express in all the textures of her own eroticism. Mm -hmm. That's where I want to talk from. Mm -hmm. I love it. And you have a program coming up, right, called Path to Pleasure? I do. Yes, the Path to Pleasure. Um, So tell us a little bit more about that and like what's happening there and why we would want to explore it. I mean, you've already, I feel like given a pretty clear picture of, of who, who that is for and why. Um, and I, I'm really curious about, you know, how, how you delineate dating. Um, Cause I feel like pe- pe- different people have different definitions for what that means. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like the way that you're talking about it is really like dating as a pathway towards relationship versus just like having casual sex or give us, give me a little more here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'll go in this order. I'm going to redefine dating and then I'm going to talk about path to pleasure. How's okay. that? Perfect. And we do have to go to actually, so let's, let's pause you right there because okay. we have to go to a quick break. Um, and when we get back, we can redefine dating and talk more about path to pleasure but before we go to the break, will you just tell people where they can go to find out about this program, about you? Absolutely. Step into my temple, lovely, at evaclay.com, E-V-A-C-L-A-Y.com, and you'll find all the things there. 
Awesome. So we're talking with Eva Clay about dating tips for women over 40. Stay tuned because we're going to dive in. You don't want to miss it. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Okay, we're back. Um, so will you please redefine dating for us? <laughs> Gladly. First of all, I want to ask your listeners just to sit with this question. When you hear the word dating, what comes up for you? Just breathe that in and notice what happens in your body and notice what words jump into your mind. I will tell you the vast majority of women I ask this question will tell me it brings up dread. It Mm -hmm. brings up fear. It brings up pain, heartbreak, terrible memories, confusion. Etc. I rarely ever meet a woman who says, I love dating. Dating is amazing. It's the most fun thing I've ever done. Um, I don't really know that many women who enjoy dating. So that's why it's kind of like, uh, even I hear it, I'm like, Ugh, yeah, I had that experience too. I was like, oh, this is, um, and, and I think that's for a couple of reasons. I won't go too deeply into this, but I will touch on it because I think it's important. It's the con- context. It's the cultural context that we're living in today um, because nobody knows what the heck is going on. Nobody even, and nobody knows what dating is anymore. Like, and, and there's a lot of um, what I feel is shallow, gratuitous, junk food, hookup culture, sex, going on that is disguised as dating. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think women have become suspect to that term and they don't trust the term anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I, I think it's something that is phasing out, honestly, and, and the former kind of model of dating, which is, which is a courtship, um, you know, framed as an exploration of partnership. Like, and I think a lot of women are still in that frame of like, could he be the one? Right. Well, that let's date for a while until we figure out if you're the one or not. Right. But even that notion of the one mm-hmm. is phase, is phasing out. I actually am happy about that. But the the idea of picking one mate for your entire life is extincting, and this is a painful reality. Uh, in the time that we're living in right now, it's a transitional reality. You know, divorce rates are now over 50%. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we are evolving into actually a more adaptive model of relating. Um, I think that we're actually, in in the words of Helen Fisher, we're actually moving back to what is a more organic way of pair bonding or in relating and raising children than we've been living in for the last several hundred years. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. meaning raising children in a village, sharing partnership, you know, sharing parenting, co-parenting, blended families. Um, this is more of a tribal way of living. So anyway, back to dating. Um, in my opinion, at this point, at 48, and from doing this for 22 years, I see dating more as relating. So when I say uh, um, I'm connecting with someone, I don't say, oh, I'm dating them. I'll say I'm relating with them. Hmm. We are in relating together. Um, and to me, that just expands the whole breadth of the container. And whatever agreements live inside that container and live inside of that term are up to you. Right. If you're in a monogamous agreement, if you're in a non-monogamous agreement or not, or, you know, and that's fluid sometimes that may change, that may shift, that may alter. Maybe you're monogamous except with women, uh, monogamous except for when you're traveling or, you know, I'm finding more and more couples are reinventing their agreements that are in accordance to their soul and to what is functional inside of their own relationship Mm -hmm. instead of conforming with an outside model that may or may not fit for everybody. So let's switch out the word dating with relating Mm -hmm. just for the purposes of this conversation. And so when I say to you and your listeners, relating over 40, what happens in your body and what words come to your mind? It's a lot more expansive, for sure. It's more spacious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's much more spacious and more allowing. So we don't have all the conventional associations. Now we're dealing with epidemics of ghosting, of heartbreak, of infidelity, of you know, all of these things that are really heartbreaking for women. So my mission is to empower women when it comes to relating to shift the tectonic plates to turn the tide of women being relentlessly repeatedly disappointed and brokenhearted and this is one of the templates i believe that needs to shift i totally agree with you i'm i'm really curious to hear your take on like the um the technological aspect to dating or to mm-hmm. relating that um that was just never there before and i th- i think especially there's a generational thing where there there might be women of a certain generation women over 40 who didn't grow up with technology maybe when they were first in the dating scene like that wasn't a thing right mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden it's like swipe left swipe right like did he text me back what's going on you know like What's your, I'm really curious to hear your take on that and like, like how, how that works or doesn't work and and what to do with it. Yes. Thank you for asking that question. This is one of the most common things I deal with. And now um, there's a couple of things I just want to out about myself right away is that I've been through this. I have lived through this. So I was married from 30 to 40. I had a beautiful conscious marriage. Um, and then we completed it just, we completed. And so at 40, I became single again and I hadn't dated, uh, when there was such a thing as texting, right? (laughs) Like the last time I was single, texting did not exist. Social media did not exist. Online dating was like a weird, obscure thing that only lonely people did. (laughs) 
And suddenly I was sprung into this technological world. And um, so I really had to wrap my head around that. So that's one of the primary things that I coach women around is like making that transition just psychically from, you know, the analog world <laughs> to the digital world. Mm-hmm. And like it or not, this is the reality we're living in. Most people are dating online. And this is, yeah, I won't go into the whole cultural context, but we're, most of us are like, we're just living a digital life. Mm-hmm. And it works better for some women than others. And it depends on how you process information and how your, your empathy works in your body, how you connect with people. Um, what I find is that women who connect intellectually from the intellectual plane do a lot better with online dating than women who connect, say, on a kinesthetic plane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So women who are just, right, like I'm one of them, like women who are just highly embodied creatures. We need to be in person with someone. We need to touch something before we can understand what it is. Like if you go shopping and you're one of these women that has to pick up and touch everything you That's look totally at. Me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're a kinesthetic processor. Yeah. So it's really hard for kinesthetic women to do online dating, but mm-hmm. here's the reality. This is what it is. And, um, it's, it's a technology we have to learn. It's kind of like, we just have to learn how to navigate this skillfully and learn how to invoke a personal connection with a man, um, at a certain point and knowing when to invite a conversation, like when to get him offline and invite a conversation, when to move that conversation into an in-person meeting. I'm finding that that is everything for women and not to waste too much time in the digital realm with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with a lot of women who are like, God, we chatted for three months and I was yeah. vetting him and taking my time. And then we met and it was like, eh. yeah. I wasted all this time. So that's one tip I want to give your listeners right away is a- as soon as you can to, um, you know, there's an art to this, to in your very feminine magnetic way, invite him to a real-time connection. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit, this feminine magnetic way to invite somebody via text. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're, you're texting with a man. Um, and I go over all of this in detail in my program, Aphrodite Circle. So mm-hmm. if you're curious about mm, relating uh, as opposed to dating, if you're relating in the, in the modern world and you're over 40 or somewhere around there, check out Aphrodite Circle. So a way to invite and invoke a man into a real-time conversation when he's just been texting you, I'm going to give you a concrete example, would be to say, I love meeting in person. I, it, it allows me to feel you. And I really want to feel you. That's good. She's good at this, guy. In case you <laughs> So that it gives him an opening to mm-hmm. step in and to say, okay, great. Let's meet for coffee. What I love about, about how, what you just did, though, is that you weren't just using words. Like you took a moment and you really let yourself feel those words. Because I really do believe that even though it's just words that we're communicating with over text, there is something like there's minerals involved, there's energy involved, and we can still feel an energetic connectivity with a person. 
um, totally. through a text message. I love your use of the word minerals. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I was at a, 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 a gathering many years ago with representatives from the Kogi Nation in, uh, in Colombia. And they, they had people who were filming there, but they were really clear that like they were in communication with all of the elements that were involved in all of the technology that they were using. Certainly. And, and this is something I teach in my programs as well is as women, <clears throat> we, you know, have the capacity. If we develop this skill, we really have the capacity to feel someone remotely. Mm -hmm. And our oversoul, like once we come into communication with someone, our oversoul is in cahoots with theirs. Right. And what gets in the way of women really tapping into this level of clairvoyancy are our unmet needs, our fantasies, mm -hmm. our hopes that take us off the rails and off of our truth. It makes us compromise who we really are. It makes us over-accommodate. And what happens with women in online dating, online dating is just so fertile for this, unfortunately, is it turns on our fantasy factory. Mm -hmm. So I know you're not in this world, Tatiana. No, um, I'm totally not. Oh man, I hear it day in and day out. And and I've experienced it to some degree myself, although I'm I'm admittedly not an online dater. Um, is that we see someone's profile and our fantasies go off the rails. Oh my god, he's got X, Y, and Z. Oh, he's so good looking. Oh, he's this, he's that. And then we begin to build and embellish who this person could be right. and who he could be to us. And this is a primary core practice of women who are online dating is how to keep your feet on the ground and how to recognize when your unmet needs are being projected into a shadow, a faint outline of a man who you really don't know. Right. So um, I teach practices, spiritual practices, and also just embodied mm, neuroscientific practices to dial down that fantasy factory so that you're not exhausted and on this roller coaster of hope and disappointment, hope and disappointment over and over again. And then that's why most women give up is mm -hmm. because they're just exhausted and depleted from being excited and disappointed. Right. So Online dating is such a beautiful invitation for us to practice equanimity. Equanimity, all things being equal, just to mm, stay even, stay even keeled. Um, I mean, there's, there's a truth to that in in-person dating too, though. I mean, I think that it's just, it can be just as easy to project all of our desires onto an in-person person. Um, as it is on a on an image, I, mean, I see that with with some of my clients where there's a this real like I think I know who you are or I'm going to make you into who I think you are. I mean that <laughs> happens all the time, right? Mm -hmm. it happens in relationship all the time. That's why why I think a lot of marriages fail is because people get married to the idea of a person rather Absolutely. than a person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I think that this is uh, part and parcel to becoming an awakened woman mm -hmm. is learning this discernment you know um 
in my in all of my teachings and my sexuality teachings and my intimacy teachings for women it's so key to marry our sex with our intellect mm-hmm. our heart is already there women are are made of love we're built to love our heart is there but to marry that with the intellect with our center of discernment our ajna and to be able to discern God, I have a massive crush on this person. God, he is gorgeous and I feel chemistry and everything is there. But does he make sense for me? Right. And when we really marry these two centers and get them in conversation with each other so that they're working together as a team and not they're not adversaries. <laughs> Sometimes we, you know, our sex and our intellect are not on the same page. Yeah, for sure. Right, right, right. <laughs> but um, when we get them working together on the same team is when I see women start making smart choices mm-hmm. and developing long lasting, deep relationships that they truly crave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I want to circle back real quick to something that you said, because you, you said you were admittedly not an online dater. And I've kind of held to this with some of my clients because I know just from not, not in the dating world, but from like in the business world there, it like, there is still nothing that trumps personal connections. Definitely. Right. You can take out as many ads as you want, but it's really the personal connections that are going to help you to grow um, from a business perspective. And so I, I still am like, I'm still holding out for like the possibility. You can still meet people in person. Like you don't mm-hmm. have to go online. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. I have a lot of women who come to me and especially in, in Aphrodite's circle and say, you know what? Online is just not for me. It's not for me. It's not for me. And so the first thing I do is I look at, well, how have you been doing this? Uh-huh. Are you on that roller coaster? What's your profile like? How are you engaging with this? Because that's everything. And then if they really decide, like, it's not for me, I say, great, okay, that's not for me either. I get it. So then what we do is we work on their magnetism. Mm -hmm. So um, in my last round of Aphrodite Circle, I had a woman who said, you know, forget it. I'm not doing online dating anymore. I want to meet a man at Starbucks. I want to go to, like, why aren't people meeting anymore in person? You know, and again, there's a whole cultural commentary I can make about that, like why people are not approaching each other anymore in person. And um, so then definitely people can meet, like every every man I've ever met that has become a lover or a husband or a partner I've met in person, like out and about someplace. Mm -hmm. So then we look at engagement. How do we hold our bodies so that we're open, so we're magnetic, so that we're radiant and men want to approach us? How do we cultivate the communication skills uh, to deepen conversation when he does approach us? Because even though he might be taking a masculine role and making the approach, how can we as women do what I call like lead from behind? How can we more about that? Like, what does that, what does that mean to you? Okay, here's the reality. This is going to sound like super sexist, okay? And I'm just going to <laughs> take a risk and say it because this is like a, you know, a neurological reality is that women have more white matter in their brain. And so we tend to have just more inborn skill. It's kind of an unfair advantage we have in this department around communication and language. Mm-hmm. And so uh, 
Um, and yet our culture is skewed, you know, it's sort of biased in the way that the man should be leading, that the man should be approaching, that the man should be directing the conversation. Mm-hmm. So the art here for the woman is to continue to let him lead and yet set him up to win. If we want him to win, if we're interested in him, then continue to make openings for him to lead. So I'll give you an example. Um, Just asking the right question. Or if he asks us the question like, so, hey, where do you live? You know, something someone at a party might ask you or a dinner party. Mm -hmm. Um, And you answer, but you answer in a way that invites his curiosity. So you could say, I live in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Or you could say, I live in LA and I love the sunshine. The beach is my favorite place in the world. What's your favorite place? Mm-hmm. So these, these skills of deepening and inviting and enriching and see where he goes with that. Because look, you're still evaluating. Is this a man you want to even talk to anymore? Is, mm-hmm. this, is this someone you want to get to know? Right. Yeah, I, I and I like, I I think that that evaluating piece is so crucial because I think so many women get stuck in this like, does he like me or not? Space, mm-hmm. and I I've been finding myself having to do this repeatedly. Like, well, do you like him? <laughs> is actually the question on the table here. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I call it um, put on your queen's crown. Yeah. You know, lean back, lean back. And um, <clears throat> I always, I coach women to imagine that you are the queen of your queendom and your immediate, you know, your immediate environment is your court. Mm-hmm. And when a man approaches you, sit on your throne, put on your crown, lean back and say, impress me. Oof. <laughs> so even if you're super crushing on him and he's gorgeous and he's perfect and he's got all the things you want and et cetera, et cetera, um, it, you will arouse his interest and curiosity in you if you allow him to impress you mm-hmm. and you give him approval and opening and opportunity. It's not like you're testing him. It's like you're saying, I like you. Show me what you've got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that I can, so that I can choose if this is something that I want to merge with. Yeah. Yeah. Or if it, so, so that I can choose if I give you another chance, another right. opportunity to impress right. me. Right. And when he's done, uh, you know, when he's done at the court of the queen, <laughs> you say, thank you very much. Next. Uh-huh. It's like, and here comes the next one. And one of my favorite phrases that I use with women is like, let the best man win. Yeah. You know, um, I find this is going to be controversial. I know when I say it, it's going to trigger some people. But um, when you're just in the early stages of quote unquote relating, and you're opening yourself to meeting men, and maybe you want a relationship, maybe you don't, maybe you just want to play, maybe you want to open yourself sexually, wherever you are. I'm a big advocate of multiples. So say more about that. What Mm -hmm. what do you mean by that? Um, What I find 
this is anecdotally, okay, but it's 22 years of watching this, okay, is that when we have multiple men in our lives, so maybe you're engaging with them sexually, maybe not. You know, for some women, they really prefer engaging with only one man at a time sexually. Mm-hmm. And other women, it's, it's different. They like having multiple sexual partners, but whatever that is for you, um, you know, if you were going to fill a job at your company, you wouldn't interview only one person and then decide if that person was right or not for the job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You would interview multiple people. Right. So let yourself interview multiple men, mm-hmm. you know, go for a walk, go out with them, talk with them. And what I find is that when women have multiple men in rotation in their lives, that it brings out, it refracts and it summons different parts of their being. And we feel different with each different person. We can look at our, our, fr- our set of girlfriends and feel this way, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it, we have a different chemistry and a different phenomenological field with every single person. Mm-hmm. And when you have multiple men, you, what I find is that women are able to more clearly discern, who do I feel the best with? Who brings out the best in me? Where is there ease and flow and harmony and attraction and curiosity? And this might be the most important piece, who shows up for me with nobility? Mm-hmm. And that, this is where we marry the intellect. It's like, that's the man for you. The man who shows you his nobility and his integrity and his consistency. What I, what I love about this concept of, of multiples, especially in the, in the like courtship process is it really takes away or I could see how it could take away the um the like grasping I need this one person to fulfill this space for me mm-hmm. kind of uh, yep. dynamic right yes and um again 22 years of doing this I find that when women are hungry which a lot of women are hungry right now, let me tell you, especially women over 40 are very hungry. And then one comes along who's even halfway decent, all of the hooks come out. He's the the one, he's the one, how do I win him? How do I impress him? We went out once, we had sex, he never called me back, what do I do to get him? Right. Whereas if you're diversifying your interests, then... You know, I find that women are not as hungry and they don't end up doing things like chasing him or compromising themselves. Right. It's kind of like having a smorgasbord versus just one bowl of broccoli totally. in, in front of you. Um, so when, uh, when women come to me and say, oh, I'm totally hung up on this man and God, I had sex with him too soon. I know I shouldn't have, but now he hasn't texted me back. I, first thing I say is like, you need to go out on some other dates. Mm-hmm. And it's typically the last thing she wants to do because she's so fixated on this yeah. one guy. How do I get this one guy? I'm like, oh no, honey, go you know go out. <laughs> I go out with some other men, and it might be awkward or uncomfortable, and you might pine for him the entire time. But just keep your attachment system rolling forward so that you're not glitched and atrophied on mm-hmm. this one fantasy. Yeah, I I love that. I think that's that's so brilliant. And it makes so much sense. I can feel this is the energetic shift in that. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So I'm, I am curious. I, I know I've seen you you've done some work with Robert Kandel, who we've also had on the show um, talking about how sexual shame affects men. And, and I'm curious what you've seen. I, I don't get the sense that you do a lot of work with men. It seems like your focus is more with women, but like how, I mean, cause what you're bringing forward is like hugely empowering for women. Mm-hmm. And I could see how it could be a little bit intimidating for men. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you a secret. <laughs> um, most of my one-on-one clients are men. Uh-huh. So what I find is that women love to work in groups. You know, women uh-huh. love the sisterhood. Right. Men, when it comes to sex and love, want to work with me one-on-one. Uh-huh. So um, I have men, here's another secret. I have men who have me manage their online dating account. Oh, interesting. So what I'm seeing, and even though I personally am not an online dater, I am an online dater because I'm online dating on behalf of other people. <laughs> so I'm oh. in there. So I'm in their accounts. I'm looking at the dialogue. I'm looking at the profiles. Trust me, I'm on Match. I'm on OkCupid. I'm on Bumble. Like I'm deep in the algorithms of these machines. And I know what's going on. And I see how people are dialoguing with each other. So um, I work with a lot of men around this, but they have such a sense of shame mm-hmm. around it that they don't want anyone else to know that they're working with a sex and love coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am so privileged to get to see these deep, deep, deep inner pockets, these deep spaces inside of the male sexual psyche. Mm-hmm. So I know all of this is very intimidating or can be intimidating to men. I'm also coaching men on the other side of how to rise and meet an empowered woman. Mm-hmm. And look, I see their online profile. So I see how women are interacting with them. Mm-hmm. And I, I want you and all of your listeners to know, probably, you know, they might probably be a majority of women who listen, um, is that. I am on a personal crusade against ghosting. (laughs) So if you're my client, you work with me, you must respond to every single woman who approaches you. You you must circle back. So I'm coaching men around communication. I'm coaching. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Personal crusade. And, um, And what I find is that, here's another secret. The men are not actually intimidated. They just don't know what to do. Uh Uh-huh. And when a man doesn't know what to do, I mean, there's almost nothing more fearful and overwhelming to a man is incompetency. Right. And so what he does is he runs and disappears simply because he doesn't know what to say. It's not that he's afraid of her. He doesn't know what to do. So when I give them sentence stems, communication pieces, um, then they rise to that and they're excited about powerful women. So what do you say to women then who are being ghosted? Like, is there a way to ask an alluring question that puts him back in the driver's seat or makes him seem like maybe he could know what he's doing or like, you know, give him something? Yes. Yes. So So give us an example. Yeah. Okay. So when a woman comes to me and says, I, I get ghosted all the time. I'm so sick of this. First of all, you're not the only one. 
We're mm-hmm. all ghosting each other. Let me tell you this. Mm-hmm. Somehow there's been a big emphasis on ghosting when it comes to romantic relationships, but we're ghosting each other constantly on social media, in our business communications, on our families. Technology just allows us to hide. So, but when a woman comes to me and says, I slept with a man and now he won't call her. We, I thought we were getting married and they disappeared. Um, I look at her patterning, her communication, not that it's her fault that he ran away. That's never excusable. But is she creating a dynamic in her relating that isn't giving him an opening? Is she creating a dynamic where he feels he can't win with her? Does he feel criticized? Does Mm -hmm. he feel inadequate? So give us some examples of like what would creating that dynamic look like? Okay. I want to talk about a friend of mine. I'll call her Angie. Okay. Um, Has gone through maybe four or five of these this year. She's a personal friend, not someone I coach. Okay. Um, Where she meets a man online. Um, She's gorgeous, amazing, incredible woman, over 40. And she goes into these deep like love pockets with them right away, uh, has some kind of sexual interaction with them pretty early on. They feel that they're in love with her. They, give, they promise her the world and they're off on a whirlwind romance. She feels like this is the one I've met him. And then he pulls back and disappears. And it's so painful for her. Mm-hmm. So what, what we've done is we've unpacked her her style what she's doing is she's not letting him win her she's not challenging him mm-hmm. <clears throat> she's so available to him that he doesn't feel like he's on a hero's journey mm-hmm. to earn her so when you've given him nothing to you when you haven't challenged him in any way then he's just got you and men that might feel like, oh, what a great idea for a woman, but for a man, <laughs> um, he wants a woman who offers an initiation. He wants to become a better man through his relationship with you. Mm-hmm. And when you're accepting him as he is, you're not asking him to step up in any way. He doesn't feel that there's an opportunity for him to become a better man through you. Mm-hmm. And, and he will lose interest. And literally the, the novelty spikes, what I call novelty spikes in his brain. So the, the endorphins, the adrenaline, all of the good feeling, oxytocin, the neurohormones, that spike when we're in love will peak with him early on and then completely peter out. So he will just literally chemically lose interest in you. Wow. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I love your neuroscience interweaving all of this. I really, this is one thing I love about you so much. <laughs> so then what do you say to Angie? What can she change? Mm-hmm. Actually, we've been <laughs> deep in this conversation. <laughs> Again, so let's tie this back. Be the queen on her throne. Right. So before she, you know, goes off onto a weekend with him. So what, what typically happens is true for a lot of women. They have one date, they meet for coffee. Wow, sparks are flying, chemistry, attraction, a good match. And then the next date, dinner, maybe back to his place. And then before you know it, they're spending the weekend together and they're deep in love land. Mm -hmm. So slow it down. Put your crown on, sit on your throne and say, I like you. 
show me what you've got. Mm -hmm. So what that looks like practically, slow down the interactions, like one date a week. Mm -hmm. Um, Pay more attention to what he does in between the dates than what he does actually on the dates. Because men are extemporaneous. So they speak off the top of their head. They're talking off the cuff. Mm -hmm. So when a man says, oh my God, I've never felt this way about anybody before. um, It's not that we can't believe him. It's just to know that his brain is, it has a different impulse control than ours does. So he's speaking impulsively. What he's saying is like, wow, I'm super into you. But women take it literally. Right. Um, and we just need to recognize that we have different brains and operate that way. So when a man says, oh my God, I've never felt this way about anyone before, a great response is, mm, that's so sweet. Thank you. And then watch what he does in between the dates. Does he follow up? Does he call you? Does he want to introduce you to his family? Does he give you attention? Does he clear time for you? Like these are all indicators that you're a priority in a man's life. Right. And lean back and keep dating other men. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, I think it's so true, the whole, like, don't chase after someone who's not reciprocating, you know? Absolutely not. A queen does not chase. <laughs> I love how you just said that. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it, it, it takes incredible self-worth and emotional self-regulation totally. to, as a woman to date today. Yeah. Yeah, I remember telling when my husband and I first met, he actually chased after me down the stairs. I had to leave the, the party that we were at early and he like ran after me and you know we ended up exchanging phone numbers and he called me the next day mm-hmm. and I remember saying to him later on when we had started you know more officially dating I was like you know if you had not called me the next day I don't think we would be doing this right now because mm-hmm. he was so it was so clear that he was interested and I was very clear that I didn't want to play any games Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. This is a hard pill for women to swallow, regardless of their age. If a man really wants you, he will chase you. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened with my current partner. He chased me for months. And we had a long distance um, email exchange going on. We had met and then I went away for the summer. <clears throat> so we had this long email exchange. And then finally, he said, um, that's it. I'm coming to see you. You know, what are you doing this weekend? I'm going to come this weekend and see you. I'm going to jump on a plane. And I was, you know, away on sabbatical in a forest. Mm-hmm. And he was so insistent, you know, um, can you clear your weekend? I'm, I'm buying tickets right now. I was like, whoa, okay. Um, you can come, but I'm not promising anything. And I have a guest room. You know, you're welcome to stay there for a day or two. Mm-hmm. And he ended up staying for six. Um, <laughs> And that was the beginning of, of my current uh, beloved, uh, my partnership. But um, if he's not chasing you, if he's aloof, then uh, he's not your guy. Right. You know, so what I like to do is help women um, 
set that up. Like if, if, if he doesn't have, if you're not giving him the opportunity to chase you and to win you and impress you, then he doesn't feel fully expressed as a man in your presence. Either because you're chasing him, you're leaning in too far, you, he feels your eagerness, your neediness, your hunger. And there's not an opportunity for him to become a better man because you challenge him. So where, how do you temper like being authentic and honest with yourself about your interest in somebody and this, um, this philosophy of really like stepping back to let him come to you? Yeah, easy. Um, <clears throat> take your excitement to your girlfriends. Take your fantasies to your therapist. <laughs> um, do your grounding practices. Stay in your spiritual practices. Keep your yoga going strong. Keep your meditation going strong. All of these things that balance your nervous system so that you don't go into a state of emotional hijack and lose yourself. Mm -hmm. What I hear time and again from women, and you might hear this also, is that they meet someone and they're in a huge crush and then they lose their center. Yeah. Because their whole system is wired toward that pair bonding. Totally. And, and if they're hungry, like, look, if they haven't had sex, if they haven't had enough sex recently, mm -hmm. if they haven't had enough affection and touch, like I work with a lot of women who like, and this was true for me if for a year of my life, were like, they go a week without a hug. Yeah. You know, they live alone. They don't have children. They're working hard. They've got corporate careers. Maybe they've got a dog or a cat or a pet, and that's some source of affection. But I know women who go weeks and weeks without really being held. Yeah, which and is that, not good for your health. Not good for your health. And it creates this impulsive, like, grasping. Mm-hmm. And of course it does. I'm like, my God, of course. So get your cuddles on with your girlfriends, with your platonic friends. I call them your knights. You know, make sure that you have knights in your life. Men who are men of nobility, who may be platonic, who show up for you, who hold you, who fix things in your house for you. Like have, have a lot of masculine energy in your life from men who maybe are not your lovers or, or dating. Um, and if they are your lovers, great too. But so that you feel fed. So mm -hmm. like women, we can constantly need to nourish ourselves mm -hmm. so that we don't come to our relating life hungry. Yeah, that's so well said. Yeah. Um, so we're running towards the end of our time. I've enjoyed this conversation so much and I'm sure that our listeners have gotten a tremendous amount out of it. Is there anything that you want to make sure that gets said that maybe hasn't been said before we sign off? Yes. Um, two things. Number one, um, we're calling this dating over 40. So I just want to address that in your midlife, it can be the most erotic time of your life. And here's why. We know that after 40, your estrogen begins to downsize, <laughs> goes into decline, um, which is actually an awesome thing because estrogen is the thing that makes you want to fit in. It makes you want mm -hmm. to belong to the tribe because you're childbearing. 
need the protection and belonging of the tribe. So you might notice that women after 50 give less fucks. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you enter a time of your life where you're like, fuck it. I am being who I am. I don't care if I piss you off. I'm going to cut my hair. I'm going to wear tennis shoes every day or whatever that is for you. Um, And so having that sense of liberation, when you channel that into your relating and into your sex life, can be the most pleasurable time of your entire life because you're no longer trying to appease and impress. Mm -hmm. So just store that. And there's so much more I can say around that. Mm -hmm. But the second thing I want to talk about is the path to pleasure. And in the path to pleasure, this is my signature three-month program for sexual awakening. And this is geared specifically for women after 40 who are looking to reinvent their erotic life, their sex life. And this is the fourth year in a row that I've run this program and women come out of it completely transformed because they have a new connection to their sexual pleasure. They're more orgasmic. They're more magnetic to men if that's their orientation. They're more successful and prosperous because our sex is connected to our money. All second, all second chakra. So I really urge you that if you're looking for a new plane, a new mode entirely of embodying and expressing your sexuality, to please check out the Path to Pleasure. It's on my website. You can also find it at thepathtopleasure.com and consider joining us. We're about halfway full. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. Eva Clay, this has been such a joy um, to our listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you. I love you. I love you. And until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many, many blessings. Mm-hmm. Blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. <laughs>